0: I realized that the window that we have to to make an impact and to do this is super small because Mm -hmm. COVID, to be honest, bought us a little bit of additional time because gymnastics, you know, they they couldn't do anything in the competition space at all. Nobody really could, including ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that gave us a little bit more time to be organized. Um, But gymnastics has started to come back around. They started to ask for different athletes for things like the world games, which is coming up in, in Birmingham in July asked for several female athletes and um, we do talk to, to gymnastics to be fully transparent. Um, um, we've tried to keep that door open for communication just so we know kind of what they're up to, um, what their interests are and maybe where things are headed next. But we, I've also had a very frank discussion with, you know, one of the kind of senior execs at, at USAG saying, what if parkour isn't ready for the Olympics? Um, because we feel that, you know and i i would say that we're trying to represent the community here and so if folks feel differently please reach out to us but (laughs) we get the sense that even within parkour competitions um even though they've been around for a while we're still kind of finding that um that happy medium and what does what, what do parkour competitions look like and what would that look like for the olympics and There's speed skill style, which sport parkour and several others, I think really, you know, Apex had its own circuit for a bit and we're really kind of pioneering in this space. Um, And so those are kind of the tried and true formats, but we do want to encourage like maximum flexibility and creativity with that stuff. So um, even as we start to look at creating more of a national circuit, we want people to experiment with different formats um, you know, we'd love to have chase tag be a part of that. And in fact, we've, we've partnered with, um, world chase tag, um, and, you know, try and provide some support or insurance for this, this next event that's coming up. Um, but yeah, we'd, we'd love for that to, to be a part of it. If we, you know, if gyms want to start doing, um, parkour speed relays, um, to make it more team-based, you know, I think that's a phenomenal idea. Um, we'd love to see some, some. Speed courses that have ascent and descent. Um, there was actually a really interesting course in Tokyo that was maybe a month or two ago, and I'm not actually sure if that was Japanese gymnastics sponsored or not. But it was pretty interesting because it did have an up-down portion mm-hmm. where you had to do some pretty, pretty quick 180s and climb ups, and then you know do a, a big drop and roll afterwards to kind of make that part of the. The course so we do want to see that sort of creativity um play out because we, we just feel that we haven't found the sweet spot and um you'll hear me compare it to, to skateboarding all the time because skateboarding has very recently come into the olympics um you know this this last year um but skating has had almost 40 years to develop and i think that we're kind of on more of a yeah, 10 to 15 year point where you know if, if we were to compare this to where skating is right now, we're kind of in like the late eighties, early nineties, when, um, you know, skating started to be a little bit more commercialized. Mm-hmm. You had obviously Tony Hawk's generation bringing a lot of like business. They were savvy entrepreneurs, um, creating their own skate brands, bringing more money into the sport and then creating those different, um, kind of competition formats that became the X games. Um, and you had a bunch of those different formats, like, big trick or doubles or or, you know and some of those didn't stick around they just they they Mm -hmm. were in x games for a couple years and then they realized either it doesn't televise well or it just wasn't that representative of skating and so they mixed it later and i think we're about to enter that phase um, especially for competitions at this point
1: Hmm. what are the risks of getting into the i mean so you know for the people that are you know, wondering like okay, so why does this matter for me? Like what, what kind of the thing what are the things that might happen if we get into Olympics too early or without unification or without agreeing on on competition formats, for example, or you know, if if Fig just kinda muscles us around, you know, what are these potential worst case scenarios? And then we can talk about, you know, the best case scenarios.
0: Sure. So um, I, yeah, I, I would just say that the, the risk is basically the fact that it can just water down the sport overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people have even seen some of the the pseudo kind of parkour gymnastics competitions that have been put on. They they do it via a vehicle called F I S E or F I S, and that has a bunch of B M X and skateboarding and other types of things. And, so have seen some of those speed competitions come out and um, there's still like some great parkour athletes, especially in Europe, that were participating in those. Um, but we felt like it wasn't super representative of parkour. Um, you know, it was essentially it was just like a speed run across a, a couple railings. There were a couple vaults in there and that was pretty much it. Um, and... It just didn't have much variety and wasn't that exciting to watch. And if if, if like, it's your sport, like I do parkour, right? Like mm-hmm. and I wasn't excited watching that. And, and so if you're not excited watching your own sport or like, even if you know the people like kind of getting hyped up to like cheer for them, um, something's off. And, and I feel mm-hmm. like that is the danger of kind of letting gymnastics just kind of come in and, and do this um, as well as because it's gymnastics and they have this professional athlete pipeline that goes all the way down to like three years old Mm. um you know you get kids in gymnastics early they start talent scouting and then you know these these folks have their peak career from like 16 to to 22 or something like that and then they are kind of like throwaway athletes after that Mm. i just don't think that's what we want to see for parkour um we want to see parkour have a longevity we want to see it keep that creativity and not you know force kids to not Play anymore. You know, we're, we're having those discussions about competitions right now, like how young is too young for youth leagues because you still want kids to be kids and have fun and, you know, uh, enjoy movement um, mm-hmm. rather than making it all about, like, let's put you in a pipeline so that you're in the Olympics, you know, six years from now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I see that as a big thing because they're absolutely going to try to map on what's been working with them for them for the last right. couple of decades and just try to. Make a square peg fit into that round hole in some way, and it'll probably be a weird amalgamation of the two if we you know yeah let them do what you know have their way so and then so then on the flip side of that, you know what is what is the ideal uh you know what the mean you know, the mission of usPk, and how can we affect the opposite you know the the best case scenario where um, that you can see?
0: sure so um the mission is the the healthy growth and development of parkour within the us and we believe that there's a lot of different avenues to to get there and the, the olympics could factor in later um but that's definitely not our end-all be-all mm-hmm. and e- even then the olympics in order to be an Olympic sport, you do basically have to start creating a 700 page rule book and I just don't think that I, I think even though the money is tempting because people are like yes, uh, in, in the US specifically there's no Ministry of sport. So like parkour is recognized in the UK as a sport because there's a, a UK Ministry of sport that said yep parkour is a sport. The US doesn't have that. It's all about who has the, the you know the biggest balls in the room and, and the most money. <laughs> And whoever gets the magic U.S. Olympic Committee bond that usually comes with, you know, a million dollars or more. Um, so while that's tempting to, to immediately try and go after that, um, I, I think the community at large would, would agree that we're probably not ready for that because we would water it down ourselves at this point. Mm. We need to kind of figure out what that pathway looks like. And for USPK, I think a lot of what we like to focus on is... Um, you know enriching the community that exists we, uh, you'll hear me talk a lot about trying to create a parkour economy which is kind of a, a self-sustaining economy that there's an ecosystem where everyone is able to there's there's multiple job career paths that aren't just being a professional athlete sponsored by a red bull because that's kind of what everyone's dream has been right everyone, everyone wants to get to dom Tomato's level of like yep i can Uh, Red Bull's paying me X amount to to do this, or I get paid by brands to put out content on Instagram. And while that's great, you know, even the athletes that, you know, I've I've trained and talked to Don before, I've talked to all of those athletes that that do that. And even they're kind of like, yeah, there's times where it just sucks to make content. And so we do want to make sure that there's other pathways. And one of those, of course, is a professional athlete pathway where you're doing competitions, you're getting money for those Um, and you can actually make more of a at least part-time or full-time living off of parkour Um, then we also want to create a whole bunch of other things and that's where USPK I think comes into play is there's a lot of folks in our generation who maybe had those dreams of like making it pro and doing all that stuff Mm -hmm. um, but now have kind of realized like hey I'm probably not at my peak anymore I need to take good care of my body I want to keep training parkour but I want to still be involved in the sport and kind of set up the next generation and so the natural progression has always been to go like coach and then after coach going to, you know, maybe owning a gym or, you know, running a certification or something like that. And so those are all great uh, formats to kind of take. Um, But we also want to offer, you know, kind of the governance side of things where you're helping to run competitions. You're helping to, um, you know, create that, that economy and pump up, you know, kind of, um, parkour businesses you know that's what skating did they they all kind of supported each other via their their magazines and their different brands um i just want to see more of the community kind of uplift each other because i feel like you know depending on what facebook groups or what forums are in you can see kind of some negativity sometimes where people are kind of ragging on each other or calling somebody out for different things and it's just like we, we need to get past that, right? Like we're, we're in this mode where if we don't start working together and really uplifting each other all at the same time, then it, it makes gymnastics, you know, take over even easier. And so um, that's part of the mission of, of USPK is to just to kind of unite the community, um, make that parkour economy larger, bring some money into the sport, put some dotted lines, I would say around what competition and safety and like certifications look like. Those are typically the things that national governing bodies do. And I would, you know, also just say that e- even though we've talked a lot of shit about gymnastics and <laughs> corrupt governance organizations and stuff like that, governance isn't all bad, right? Like it, it's it's the it's the reason that life a lot of times can function the way it does, especially in the U.S. Like you can complain about government, but at the end of the day, somebody's coming around picking up your trash. You flip the light and the electricity works. You know, all of that usually has something to do with some form of governance and, and keeping a semblance of normalcy um, headed in the right direction. And so um, that's kind of the answer for, for parkour as well. And we've had some really good um, reach outs from different national governing bodies that aren't gymnastics that are just kind of willing to lend a hand and say, like, hey, I get it. You guys are overwhelmed. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on right now. Um, you know, they're sharing things like their strategic plans, their budgets, all, all of these things, just lending a helping hand, not expecting anything in return because um, their sport doesn't even relate. But it's actually a good community to kind of get into to see what the next steps could be for parkour. Um, and so that's kind of where USPK is trying to be that go between where we understand what other national governing bodies are doing. And trying to get parkour to that next level, because I think a lot of folks have just felt that parkour has always kind of been stalled. Why aren't we at that skating level? Why don't we have all the Tony Hawk video games, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think a lot of that is just time, you know, time and, and maturation of the community, and then uniting and uplifting each other.
1: Well said.